Welcome to Season 3 of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Garrett McMillan, a new sophomore on this year's Alabama baseball team, and thanks to our new NIL regulations, I can be paid a nominal amount to promote this podcast. A very nominal amount. Is there another word for less than nominal? Just stick to the script, Garrett. Okay. Tom and JT will be rambling on about SEC football again this year with a high lean on the Crimson Tide. Hey, have you guys ever considered I'm not bucking, you're bucking? Garrett, the script. Okay. Here are your hosts, Tom and JT. Welcome to Season 3. Welcome in to our fabulous 22 to 25 listeners to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. This is episode 9 of season 3, and it is entitled Shark Week. Tom, we're playing the Ole Miss Rebels this week. Why is it named Shark Week? (laughs) You know, I never can keep their mascot straight these days. And I ask this in seriousness because I I didn't go back and research it, and I just thought about it since you asked that question, but... When did they actually go back to being the Rebels? No, are they the Rebels? I thought they were the Black Bears. See, that's no my idea. point. No, I saw <laughs> uh, they They list them on ESPN as the Rebels. Oh, my. Yeah, and if ESPN lists it with their left-leaning views, you know they uh, that it's legit. You know, they had an, an excellent opportunity to think outside the box when they were going to go away from the Rebels and – they talked about black bears, and I think black bears has to do with uh, was it Walt Whitman? Who who's the? It's not Whitman. Who's the famous literary figure in Ole Miss in, in Elvis Oxford? Presley? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> but I mean, land sharks is cool. Like I remember when Spain Park opened up in uh, the 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 spinoff school from Hoover High School. You know, Hoover was the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers and Spain Park they end up being the Jaguars but somebody on local you know radio or tv in Birmingham said it's a perfect opportunity to be the conquistadors you know Spain Spain Park <laughs> conquistadors they missed a great chance they could Ole Miss could be the land sharks I mean that's such a cool outside the box mascot and yet they went with a black bear who does not look athletic at all I, I have a feeling that I could whip this bear of their mascot so, uh, anyway, apologies to our 22 to 25 listeners. We are a day late on this, and it was—I I, would—this is a team effort. Uh, Tom and I, we we win together, we lose together. So let me take this opportunity to tell you that the reason we're late is exactly and positively Tom's fault. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my my memory escapes me as the older I get, and I think you can uh, uh, attest to that. But, yeah, I just walked right out of the office and left my laptop sitting on my desk yesterday. So that one's on me, brother. Well, it happens, you know. Let's jump into the commentary because I I feel like with the recap, we'll probably be short and sweet. But games of the week, we have Bama Ole Miss, we have Auburn LSU, lots to talk about there. So I've got the commentary tonight, and I want to talk about a couple of things. One would be the Georgia Bulldogs, and two would be Chris Doring. And we're going to start with number two first because Chris Doring is number two. He played for Florida. I think in 94, it was a brilliant play by Steve Spurrier 
maybe Terry Dean was the quarterback then, but they had this uh, freshman they had high hopes in named Danny Werfel. So we're in Atlanta in 94, and Werfel, uh, let's just say Terry Dean, I don't, I think it was him, he gets hurt, and I'm, I'm using air quotes on hurt. I hope you can see this on the podcast. Terry Dean gets hurt. He hobbles off the field. They bring in Danny Werfel. Danny Werfel, either the first or second play, he throws to Chris Doring. They're probably on the in the 30 or closer to the goal line of Alabama's side of the field, of course. He throws to Doring, who has taken a couple of steps back. It's a double pass, and Doring throws it into the end zone. Touchdown. We end up losing 24-23. I think I've got that right. Doring either threw it or he caught it. He was instrumental in that play, along with Danny Werfel. So, anyway, <clears throat> Doring is – he's with the SEC Network. And, you know, if you're with the SEC Network – Greg McElroy does some stuff with SEC. Cole Kublik does stuff with SEC. You know, we know that Greg went to Alabama. Cole went to Auburn. Uh, Jordan Rogers went to Vanderbilt. You know, and I think they do a pretty good job overall of not being a homer. Well, I heard Doring has let homerism get the best of him, and, and it's going to cost him dearly. He, he needs a Bama loss this weekend, I promise you, and I'll tell you why in just a second. So, Friday – before the Florida game, so let's rewind, what, 12 days ago, 11 to 12 days ago, he's on the Fine Bomb Show, and he is talking about Florida beating Alabama, and he and he says, I think, you know, Paul, and he, he was very convincing. I almost bet on Florida, should have bet on Florida, because they covered, but they did not win. Contrary to popular belief, which we talked about last week, Bama fans, Florida did not win. You go to the swamp and you beat number 11, it is a good win. I don't care if you win by 1, 2, or 22. Anyway. It's a dub. Exactly. And that's why you play You play to win the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> Doring makes a compelling argument that the swamp's going to be rocking and he feels like it's going to be back to Spurrier levels as far as expectations and atmosphere. And he says, I really look for the Florida Gators to upset Alabama tomorrow, which this would, you know, been, like I said, 11 or 12 days ago. And at this point, absolutely nothing wrong with what he said. He was not being a homer. Heck, I am a Bama graduate, and I picked Florida to upset Alabama because of the aforementioned reasons that we discussed, you know, two or three podcasts ago. So, no problem. You got a text message, Tom. The iPhone, the little button on the left would cut that on silent for you, my friend. So, <clears throat> Doring, there's nothing wrong with what he he picked Alabama to lose to Florida. That is that a little bit of homerism? Maybe I can deal with that. You got to pick somebody, and he believes in his team, and it was a two point game. The problem comes on either Sunday or Monday. Peter Burns and Doring are being they're interviewed, or maybe Peter Burns has got a show and Doring's on it. Regardless, Doring gets mad. Like he's like, if you think Alabama's elite, you you know you're crazy. They're they're not elite. Well, what does that say about Florida? If we're not elite and we beat you on your home field, then what does that make Florida? So he just can't help himself. And, the you know, of course, the Bama fans lit him up on Twitter, and that's going to happen. So yesterday he comes out with his power rankings of the SEC. Georgia won. I'm not going to argue that point. Georgia has looked darn good. We'll get to them in just a second. He had Florida at four. He had Ole Miss at two. He has Bama at three. So, he's got Florida. But here's the best. I don't know what the best part is. Okay, if you want to put put Ole Miss at two 
Okay, uh, I guess I can live with that. But does Ole Miss have a better win than at number 11, Florida? I don't think so. You know, if you want to put Georgia at one, I'm not going to argue that point. They beat Clemson at a neutral site, which was out in the state of North Carolina, much closer to um, uh, Clemson's campus than Georgia's. And Georgia has looked very impressive. But to put on, to put Florida at four behind Bama and then in front of Arkansas – Arkansas's got the two best wins in the country, in my opinion. They have beaten Texas, and they have beaten Texas A&M. And whether or not you agree with preseason rankings or whatever, the bottom line is they have beaten two ranked teams. Alabama has beaten two ranked teams. Miami's fallen off the face of the earth, of course. But Florida's looking strong. Texas is, is not – I mean, Texas scored 70 on Texas Tech. Texas A&M is going to be a different ball club when they get the quarterback back, I feel. It, regardless, it was their first loss. They were number nine in the country. So he has let homerism get the best of him. His head will explode if Ole Miss <laughs> loses to Bama this week, which I think uh, I don't want to – I do want you to listen to the entire podcast. But <laughs> a, little, a little spoiler alert. I kind of feel like me and Tom are going to be in lockstep on this one. So let's I, – I, I handed it around to Georgia – so let's go ahead, and that'll close out my commentary, and I'll let you respond to Doe Ringer, Georgia. We can move on to the recaps. Georgia, impressive. They Their wins are they, – they've got four wins. They have just demolished teams. Of course, they didn't score an offensive touchdown against Clemson, but Clemson at that point had not lost – you know, Clemson lost Breesey, the, the defensive lineman that is just all – preseason All-American. He's done for the year. And then I think their other one another defensive lineman is out. Not sure he's out the whole game or uh, the whole year. Skalski was out this past weekend. The running back was out. But when Clemson played Georgia, that was two teams that were really expected. I mean, we we felt like very well could be a rematch. That could be a, a, a preview of of at least one of the teams making the playoffs, if not both making the playoffs. Okay, their other win, they've beaten UAB, beat them handily. A lot of people had UAB to cover on that one. It wasn't even close. They've beaten South Carolina. South Carolina is now 2-2, two and two, and their only reason they're not 1-3 and three is they kicked a last-second field goal to beat East Carolina University. Yeah. Uh, not an SEC team. And Georgia's final win, the most recent win, they scored 62. They allowed zero points to Vanderbilt. Yeah, so listen, Georgia is. I, I saw the updated uh, national championship odds. Bama is seven to four. Georgia is seven to four. So basically, we're we're neck and neck. They expect Bama and Georgia to be in the finals right now. If you put stock in Vegas, but how about this? How about let's let them beat somebody? They're going to have an opportunity this weekend. They're playing Arkansas at home. Arkansas is a little banged up, but hey, this is the SEC, brother. If you don't like it, go play intramurals. Everybody's going to be banged up from time to time. If Georgia beats Arkansas 42 to 7, 51 to nothing, heck, 42 to 20, that's Arkansas has really proven themselves this year. But before we crown Georgia, let's let them beat a few teams. They have the least impressive wins of anybody in the top five, in my opinion. If, if you consider that Clemson is a shell of what they were expected to be and have been in the past few years. So, let's – I mean, come on, dude. Let's let's let let's, – let's, let's, I'm not saying Bama has to be number one. As long as we're top four, it doesn't matter. As we've seen, there's only there's only been two back-to-back years. But before, before 19 and 20, 
the number one team had never won the CFP. So let's let them, let's let the season play out a little bit before we go crowning them, Chris Doring. And lastly, the ACC is out of the CFP. Music to my ears. <laughs> it's pretty early to be counting them out. Oh, they're out, brother. Agree with you. You're telling me Wake Forest is going to make it? You're telling me NC State's <laughs> going to make it? No, sir. They're out. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned something there that I don't entirely agree with. Did you say that Georgia had the what, – what did you say that they had the least impressive wins of the top five teams in the country? Is that what you said? I did, and, you know, as soon as I said that, I'm like, dang it, I don't even know who the top five are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we'll, we'll let you retract that one. I, I think Georgia is – unbelievably good on defense i really do i I think even though they're playing like you have mentioned less than stellar competition so far with the exception of clemson who again is is not been that impressive this year but that to hold teams without a touchdown four games in because they they have given there's only been two touchdowns scored on Georgia this year. Two. One of them was a pick six. And the other one was in garbage time versus South Carolina. They were up 41-6 to six or something in the fourth quarter in, in the reserves give up one. Yeah. So the starting defense has yet to give up a touchdown. That I don't care who you're playing. I mean, our starting defenses give up damn near 30 to Florida. So... <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's a uh, it's it's a it's a it's a feat, regardless of who's on the the field. So, I think that that defense is nasty, nasty, filthy, filthy, and we'll we'll see. Like you said, they will be having their toughest test of the year coming up this week, and I was kind of hoping you were going to put that as a game of the week, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll I'll touch on that a little bit when we're recapping uh, uh, last week's games, but. But but your point is taken. It doesn't matter. It hasn't has no bearing in the current climate. It'll work itself out. But uh, there, to me though, there are very few teams. I'll just go ahead and say it. There are only two teams that are legitimately worthy of the top two spots. Just point blank. And I don't know if you noticed this this past weekend though. Alabama, of course, is 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 earned their spot. They beat the teams they needed to beat. Again, they went on the road and played a top 10 team and won. That's impressive. A legitimate top 10 team. Not not a top 10 team that's going to uh, – you're going to beat and then, you know, in two weeks from now they're going to lose three in a row and be out. Yeah, that's a yeah. legitimate top 10 team. But just in this past weekend, and I'll say this and we'll get to the recap pretty quick, but just in this past weekend you had Alabama, Georgia impressive, Okay. But number three, Oregon. This is the third team now, the third-ranked team in the country. Number three, Oregon. They were up 24-19 to over Arizona, who has yet to win a game this year in the fourth quarter before they put on a late score or two. Number four, Oklahoma. We already know they almost lost a Tulane two weeks ago. It took them another last-second field goal to beat unranked West Virginia on Saturday. 16 points they put up. The Spencer Rattler-Heisman campaign rolls on. (laughs) And number five, lastly, Iowa. Just the top five. 
Number five, Iowa, trailed at halftime to Colorado State, 14-7. to You know that's one of Vanderbilt's wins. <laughs> <laughs> one of their wins. That's their only win till exactly. this week, buddy. <laughs> so those are, those are your teams that are contending for the top two spots. At this point in the season, I don't think it's ever been clearer who the best two teams in the country are. I don't think there's any doubt. Now, they could stumble and fall just like everybody else, but to this point in the season, my gosh, it looks like two elite teams and a whole bunch of mishmash of of crap underneath there. Now, there are some teams moving up. Arkansas continues to win. Hey, they're they're busting in there wide open. Uh, If Florida rebounds and keeps on their winning ways, you know, they'll rebound right back up there into that top five. But uh, there's nobody else playing really well at all. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, I want to throw this scenario out there because there's really no other better – there's no other time we can do it because after this week it'll it'll be a a mute mute point. (laughs) So uh, let's look at this scenario – Ole Miss beats Alabama this weekend. Ole Miss runs the table. They're 12-0. and They go to Atlanta. Bama wins the rest of their games outside of Ole Miss. We're 11-1. We're sitting at home. Okay? Mm-hmm. Florida has already lost to Bama. Florida beats Georgia. Florida wins the rest of their games, including Georgia. Georgia doesn't lose outside of Florida. Florida goes to Atlanta because they have the tiebreaker at 11-1, and and then Georgia is sitting home at 11-1. And Florida goes to Atlanta, beats Ole Miss. So you've got here's what you have: you got eleven and one Bama, eleven and one Georgia, twelve and one Florida, twelve and one Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, it's never going to happen. But I'm not even going <laughs> to think about that, and my head will but, explode. But I will say this: I will say this: if that does happen, Oklahoma and Oregon, you better not have more than one loss because it'll be a, a it'll be an SEC Invitational to the CFP. That's what they'd call a proverbial sausage fest of college football. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's recap Bama Southern Miss. I'm going to go first, and let me just read my notes. Good win, played lots of players, defense still a concern, USM equal terrible, not going to beat our chest over this one. <laughs> that's, that's all I've got. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I thought um, – there was there was a there was a couple of highlights that I'll mention. Of course, we had two kickoff returns for touchdowns by the same guy in the same game, which is a record uh, in amongst itself. That also leads the country. I just happened to look at that stat line. Now Alabama leads the country in two kickoff returns for touchdowns. The there's a bunch of second place ones, but we've got the only two in the country, so that's nice. It was good to, to get a rush yards per carry up. We're uh, 6.4 yards per carry in the game, which was pretty impressive com- uh, because Southern Miss, I almost forgot who we were playing, Southern yeah. Miss, they were one of the leading uh, rush defenses in the country. Now, of course, that was skewed because of their, their schedule, but if you can use – if you're prone to stop the run, it's it's tougher to do. So I was I was glad that we're – that we run the ball a little bit better than we have been. We still weren't as explosive as I'd like to be, but we uh, we definitely did that. We we played a little better defense, had some gaps there with a the tight end getting open. I'm glad it happened versus Southern Miss instead of uh, next weekend's Ole Miss. You don't you don't need to find those weaknesses in a big game. So that was actually 
in my opinion, good that we we got exposed a little bit of leaving that tight end running down the middle. Yeah, so maybe they can sure. clean that I up. Agree. And the other thing that I thought that was a good good thing that happened just from a you know, hey, I'm a I'm a jinx guy when I need to be. Uh, I was glad that Bryce threw an interception in that game. <laughs> Get that monkey off your back. I mean, I feel you, man. It, I, I know what you're talking about for sure. You, you, you don't want him to be in a big game and throw his first one and then get down on himself. You get it. You you get the bad one out of the way, and it wasn't his fault. Hit the guy right in the hand. So uh, you you get that out of your system. You you you've 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 completed that check mark off your off your game and you move on and, and maybe it doesn't sting so much when the next one comes so that that's all i had for it as well it was it was what we needed to do we went in there and we played well played efficiently and we got out of there without a lot of injuries or any injuries that i'm aware of yeah i think i think you're right there and I, i've been talking about this with my buddies all week like uh, Alave and Garrett from Ohio State, they're good. I mean, Alave is reportedly might be the first, you know, receiver taken in the NFL draft this year. Garrett is – I think it's Garrett. Garrett Wilson, I, I don't know if his first name or last name is Garrett, but I, I'm confident that one of his names is Garrett. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> awesome too. But, dude, how do you let Jamison Williams get away if you're Ohio State? Like, that is a travesty. That that kid can't – that he wanted to come based on he didn't think he was going to get as many touches. I guess that's why he left, you know, he, because Garrett and uh, Olave are one and two, or, you know, one A, one B. So – and Williams come here comes here, and I think he's going to be an integral part. Like, you know, the two kickoff returns you said, he is going to – I think he's going to be wide receiver number one over Mechie eventually throughout the year as the year unfolds, and I think that's fine. Uh, Mechie is is good. Mechie is very good. But if Mechie can be our second-best receiver, dude, that's such a blessing. No you doubt. Know? If you can keep them both on the field, that was one of the things that made us not as explosive last year, if you want to chuckle about that comment. When uh, Waddle went out, you know, we, we failed to have Devontae and Waddle on the field at the same time. Yeah. And that's that's unbelievable how good we were last year without Waddle. Um, but point being, you keep both of those guys on the field this year at the same time, it's going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams. Yeah, I agree. Let's move into Arkansas and A&M. Arkansas, of course, won 20-10. Arkansas, I put down here probably second or third best. I don't know why I put probably. They're definitely the second or third best team in the West. I don't know that you know them. That's the beautiful thing about ACC football now. And and by the way, welcome to SEC conference games, Ole Miss and Auburn. It only took you five weeks to get to a conference game. That ought they ought to do something about that. I think everyone should play a conference game within the first three weeks, preferably week two. I say schedule a game and then everybody plays conference week two, then work out the kinks in week three. But regardless, Arkansas and Ole Miss play. Pretty quickly, so regardless, let's just say Arkansas and Ole Miss both lose, which they're expected to this week. They're both double-digit underdogs. Then they'll play each other shortly, and we'll find out who the second-best team is. I don't think it's LSU, even though LSU has looked better since losing to UCLA. Uh, A&M playing with a backup quarterback, and everybody always wants that second-string quarterback. And I think the only time in the history of college football where the backup proved to be the better player was when Tua unseated Jalen. 
<laughs> but that just never happened. The guy is starting for a reason, and Jalen started. Jalen was – he wasn't the incorrect call. He just wasn't the best choice in 2017, but he was such a good kid, and he, he hadn't done anything specifically to lose the job until the national title game when it was obvious we were not going to win with Jalen in there. But there's a reason that Calzada for A&M was second team, and we're seeing it. I mean, they are very limited on offense. And Pittman can't speak highly enough about him. I thought he was a joke of a hire. I mean, he looks like a grease ball. He looks like he's been bobbing for fried chicken the way he wears his hair. But he is a fit. We've talked about it on this podcast before. He's a fit at Arkansas. I hope he realizes this. I hope Arkansas realizes this. Because if let's just say he beats Georgia this week. And let's say he goes 11-1 and and his only loss is to Bama or 10-2 and and he loses to Bama and Ole Miss. He's going to be sought after by maybe an LSU, maybe a Miami, Florida, maybe a Florida State, and but he's not going to be a fit there. He is a fit at Arkansas, and I hope they realize it. I hope he realizes it because it's I like I mean I I like winning against Arkansas, but I like the conference to be strong outside of a couple of teams, <clears throat> Tennessee, <clears throat> Auburn. So A <laughs> and M is is. You know, I feel for them from a standpoint of I, we've been there as a fan. We, They really, you know, six weeks ago I said A&M, well, I picked Florida. I picked us to lose to Florida, but I picked us losing to Florida was going to be the impetus for us winning at A&M. But A&M was going to be one of the toughest, one of the top two toughest games on our schedule. And I just don't see that right now. I mean, if we're playing A&M this weekend, and that game is going to be at A&M, so if we're playing them this weekend at A&M, I think the line's 20 points or better. Probably. It, it probably is. They're, they're, they're playing well, well, well below expectations. D- does uh, Jimbo remind you a lot of uh... – <sighs> Well, daggum it, I'm, I'm losing my mind here. What's the uh, – Mike Dubose, Kirby, Mike Price, Mike no, Shula. Who did Kirby Smart replace at Georgia? Mark Richt. Mark Richt. See, so remind you a lot of Mark Richt. He's he's at the end of his uh, tenure there or the, over the past few years, you look at a lot of frustrated fan bases, but then you compare his wins versus a lot of other teams. It's like, oh, man, he went 10-2 that year. He went 9-3. Yeah. and three. You know, he was one win away from the SEC championship game. That's That was annually Mark Rick's resume. It, he was one game away, one game away. Next year's the year, one game <laughs> away. I, I mean, that's just what it was. But, you know, if, if you watch the Arkansas A&M game, this past weekend, it wasn't really as close as the score indicated. Arkansas dominated that game from start to finish, in my opinion. It was, I think they were up 17-3 to before A&M scored their lone touchdown, and, and they broke off a 65-yard run to do that. It was mm. just sort of a, 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 you know, a big explosive play that got it. But outside of that one big run – a&M was completely shut down. They only ended up with something like 250 yards on the whole day. Uh, take out that 65-yarder, and, and they're less than 200 yards of offense for the day. And like I said, a lot of that has to do with their quarterback. But that's that's football. Yep. You, you, you need depth. That's why you, that's why you need depth. And I always, I always appreciate Saban for saying the things he does. He never – harps on players that he doesn't have 
if they're hurt, it's unfortunate and it, and it pains him that they're hurt, but he prepares the team and he plays the players that are at his disposal. And he, he, that's just whoever's available, that's who he takes. Um, and he he didn't complain about that, which which I think is a, a big big plus in my book. But um, one of the things I did notice against Arkansas, because they do have that game coming up against Georgia this week. I don't know if you noticed it, but they rushed 49 times versus 19 passes Saturday versus A&M. Mm-hmm. I didn't go back and look at the other games that they they uh, played, but that's that's about a, a quick math that's – probably a 70% rush pass, 70-30 rush pass ratio. I definitely wouldn't call it balanced O. <clears throat> no, definitely not. Now, the question becomes, if that's been their sort of game plan all year, is that really going to work against Georgia's defense? The I don't defense see any I, way. I don't see yeah. any way it will. The defense that I just talked about that hadn't given up a, a, a touchdown yet this year. So – it's going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend. But as far as I mean, we're recapping last weekend, but that was a very quick and dirty recap because, like I said, Arkansas was just the better team. That was not a fluke win. They haven't had any fluke wins. As a matter of fact, I believe Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken, has won every game by double digits so far this year. And that includes two ranked teams. Yeah, for sure. So They're good. Yep, I agree. All right, let's get in our games of the week. And I like how you slid. Uh, you said you wanted Arkansas and Georgia to be game of the week. So, by gosh, you just slid them right in there on me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Deb gets mad at me for backdooring stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, let's start with Bama Ole Miss. I feel like I have started every topic. So, I'm going to let you give your input. I figure we'll have a lot of the same things to say. So, you're very good at the stats and – things of that nature, so I'm going to let you go ahead and, and begin, and I'll finish up. Well, I'm glad you said that, because I don't have any stats for this game. <laughs> nice. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, one, one thing that I did notice this week, and I don't know if you've noticed it, there's been, of course, a, uh, Kiffin does not you know lay off social media because the season has started. He fires it up, and double drive. But uh, he's using a lot of what I used to think of is our old high school coach tactics where the other team is just awesome. Just every time you play them, it's the most awesome team you've ever seen. And he actually went and, and had a quote that I read today that he thinks this year's Alabama team is better than last year's Alabama team. (laughs) (laughs) We only lost, you know, 22 starting first round NFL draft picks. Yeah, we're better. But he's 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 done a lot of quipping out there this week, and and, and it's it's all complimentary. That there's no bulletin board material. It's it's almost anti-bulletin board material, and so we'll see if that that plays into his uh, his strategy for either pumping his guys up for the game. Not that you you would think they needed it for that sort of thing, or 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 maybe. Trying to get into the head of our guys. Who knows what his his thoughts are though. But but I did I did pull out the old statistics book for this game. Ole Miss is number one in the country in yards per game, fourth in rushing and eleventh in passing. I didn't realize they rushed the ball that well this year. Fourth in the country in rushing. 
uh, we're 81st in rushing. Jeez. Yep. We're also 16th in pass. We're nowhere – I think we're outside the top 40 or 50 in total offense. Just for a gauge, and this, this was kind of shocking to me, but just for a gauge – Auburn is averaging more yards per game than Bama is. That is a sober. I might change my pick, Tom. <laughs> I, I stumbled across that, and I'm like, wow, Bo Nix is kicking our butts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that, that, was a, that was a tough stat. Now, part of that, of course, is who we played. We, we went over that extensively about the lack of actual opportunities in the Florida game after those three consecutive three and outs. We only got the ball twice in the second half. We took away two offensive opportunities ourselves this past week with returning kickoffs for touchdowns, so we're not going to trade those in. But uh, there, there are several drives there that affects that, but a lot of things go into that. You, you can't read too much into it in the fourth game of the season, but that I thought that was interesting. I do. I am concerned about Kiffin's offense, obviously, because he's an offensive genius. But the the running game really concerns me. If he if he's got the running game going in that manner, Florida's already sort of exposed us to being able to wind our defense. You can play schemes or get people back in position and, and practice that and get you know, make yourself I guess be more in, involved in the play than we were in Florida. We had a lot of people that were I guess out of position a lot and that's correctable. But when your team is on their heels and they're winded and you're carrying Anderson off the field at the end of the game because he's just so exhausted, I don't know that you can correct that in two weeks. So that concerns me. Uh, We'll see what they bring, but that concerns me. Offensively, I'm not concerned I'm not concerned that we can't move the ball in Ole Miss. It, it will be self-inflicted wounds if we don't score at will. And I feel like we will. I think home field advantage is going to be big for Bryce in this game. I think the Swamp was a learning experience. I think this is a this is an opportunity for him to take advantage of our home field, which – in years past, Ole Miss has not been bothered by that. We say they've not been bothered. They've won one time <laughs> in Tuscaloosa. Since, not, since 1988. Yeah, in the last 30 years with a, the Phenom quarterback. So And five uh, turnovers from that's Bama. Right, that's right. So I think home field advantage will play big in this one. As a matter of fact, I was woke up in the middle of the night last night and dreamt about this game and actually dreamt of a final score, and I was going to use it until I talked myself out of it after I looked at Ole Miss's stats. But I had dreamt that we won that game 47-7. to I was hoping you was going to say 69 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was 47-7 to for some, some odd reason. 
so I, I'm actually going to give Kiffin credit for a couple bonus touchdowns there, and I, I think <laughs> we win this game 47-21. to 21. <laughs> but, uh, You know, I, I'm like you. Yeah, people have asked me, I guess, I guess they know I have a – a, a very popular podcast because everybody's like, well, what do you think about the game this weekend? And I don't know if they think I'm full of crap or pulling their leg or what, but I just tell them straight out. Like two weeks ago, they asked me about Florida. I said, you know, I think we're going to lose. And they're like, oh, come on, come on. You just saying that. I'm like, no, dude, I, I do. And I explain why, you know, we had almost half of our, roughly half of our roster had never heard 90,000 people screaming, you know, against them. And I, ha- I had a reason why I thought that. And then this week, they're like, what do you think about the Bama Ole Miss game? And I'm like, I think we win by double digits. I think we cover. And I think we – I like you. I, I think we hold Ole Miss to under 30. And that is – that's so funny to say because, you know, like just rewind 10 years and somebody says, hey, you think we'll hold Ole Miss under 30? I'm like, dude, we're going to hold the Packers under 30 because that's the <laughs> way the game was played. And I was talking about Paul and I, a, a co-worker of, my, of ours, uh, we had to go to Tupelo today because the supply chain, if you hadn't heard, is broken for small what? businesses. Yes. We had to drive to Tupelo. And I was talking, and I said, you know, we're talking about the game changing. And I said, I said Paul, I'm going to spoil the podcast for you because this is what I'm going to say. And this is the way you got to look at it defensively now. It To me – Against a team like Ole Miss, that is offensive, their their proclivity is on the offensive side of the ball. Let's say they get twelve possessions, they get six in the first half, six in the second half. Okay, so just hold up twelve fingers. All right, we get let's let's get three punts. So we make them punt three times. That knocks it down to nine possessions. All right, let's get a turnover. That knocks it down to eight possessions. And then let's say we get one turnover on downs. That knocks it down to seven possessions. And then on those seven possessions, we need to get three field goal attempts and we'll give them four touchdowns. So, uh, granted, that does get over 20, that does get over 30 points. But, honestly, if, you, if I told you that they could have four touchdowns and three field goal attempts, and let's just say they make all three field goals, that, that is 37 points. I feel like we win the game. Do you not? I don't see them holding us under 37. I no, agree. exactly. So, um, you know, that, that's kind of the way you have to look at the game from a defensive standpoint because the, the days of shutting down an offensive-minded coach, Dan Mullen, Lane Kiffin, and, you know, you kind of laugh to say Alabama, but that's where we're at now. We're, we're offensive as, as well as defensive. You know, you're just not going to hold a team like us down below – 21 you know i mean the days of winning 42 to 14 those days occasionally you'll you'll come up aces and that'll happen i mean we crushed uh ohio state what they get 21 or 28 on us in the national title game but we got high 40s or i don't even remember the score well well, to your point we've been almost three years which is uh uh working on a record of scoring more than 30 points a game yeah yeah so let me let me close out with this because you covered it very well as i knew you would Everybody wants to point to last year. You know, tonight I was at a, a function. My daughter made homecoming court at Russellville, and I we had a flag football game. And we're, I was talking to some of the dads, and, and they were like, well, you know, I heard last time Kiffin, you know, had our, had our signals. Well, if he had our signals, that's our fault. And let's just say he did have our signals. Is he going to have our signals again this year? If, if he does, then shame on us. But there's a lot of things were in their favor, and everybody wants to point, well, Bama's defense is not as good, and Bama's offense is sure not as good as last year, 
and Corral is still at Ole Miss from last year. But one fact of last year that nobody wants to discuss, you know what that is? What? Who won the game? Oh, we did. We won the game. I mean, <laughs> I've yet to hear anybody say, well, you know, last year Bama won. Last year Bama won. I mean, they want to they want to poke holes, and there's holes that we have we have allowed there to be holes to poke as, as far as our defense is concerned. But I think we put it together good enough that I'm like you. I, I've got us holding them under 30. You've got us holding them under 24. I've got us scoring high, uh, mid to high 40s. So I think we cover. I, I, I'm going to say, you know, 40, 45 to 28, 48 to 28. The line's open at 17 and a half, which I tried to listen to our podcast. I had terrible service. Where did I say the line was going to be? I was right around that, wasn't I? 17, 18 points? Yeah, I think you said 16 or 17, and I said 18 to 20. Yeah, I knew you, I know um, you said 18 to 20, so we were, we were right on it, you know. Yep. So let's move on to the next game, which is very intriguing. We have Auburn at LSU. The line is four. LSU's favored by four. This time last week, I would have picked Auburn to win by 14 points. I, I really would have. But, man, you're talking about a, a stinker of a game they had this weekend. I mean, they had to block a punt. They had one offensive touchdown. Of course, it came on a 98-yard drive. I don't know if you watched it. I was I – was, Saturday I drove. I had to uh, – I had to go to Birmingham, pick up a bicycle, and because I'm gonna, I'm gonna compete in an Ironman uh, next year, Tom. I've heard about that. Yeah, so it was on the news, I think. Yeah, probably so. I'm pretty, I'm pretty popular around here. So <laughs> Daryl calls me. I'm at the junction, and he's like, "Have you checked out the Auburn score?" And dude, I was watching the Ryder Cup. I love the Ryder. We we can do another podcast in the off season on my love of the Ryder Cup. And I said, nah, I said, I flipped over there earlier. I was watching on my phone. I said, but it was on commercial, and I didn't have the patience to stick with it. He said, it's, it's uh, 17 to 9. And then it went 17 to 12, and then it went 24 to 12. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we know how this is going to end. But So I'm listening to it, and Auburn, as we know, they get the ball on the two-yard line. They drive 98 yards for the winning score. Then they get a pick six. So if you didn't watch the game at all, you're like, oh, Auburn won by 10. I'm sure Georgia State scored a garbage touchdown at the end. It was probably 17, which was you know nowhere near the truth. But there was a pass that was completed with a minute 13 left. And the reason I didn't get all bent out of shape is because there was so much time left. And it was obvious, if you have watched Auburn football, they're not going to lose that game. And But there was a pass, and I was listening to Stan White, and I don't know who the main guy is now. You know, it was Rod Bramlett, and he passed away. But when, when Stan White looks at the replay and he says, yeah, 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 this one's going to come back. Dude, you know it was an incomplete pass. They counted the pass as a reception and put them on the 10-yard line. So And then they end up winning. But this is the worst thing that could happen. Bo Nix, the golden child for Auburn, was pulled due to – ineptness uh because eli texts me he's like i just got i think he checked in i think they went uh to georgia this week to do something and i think i guess he checked in the hotel and he's like just turned auburn on is bo nicks hurt and i'm like nope pulled and, you know lol so i just think that it, I, I think auburn is in a world of hurt down there who's gonna start do you start tj finley let's let's face it tj finley was third string at lsu last year or going going into this year you had johnson and then you had the kid that got hurt, and then you had T.J. Finley. He transfers to Auburn. He has no big game experience outside of uh, of Baton Rouge. You know, he played last year against Auburn 
was that in that was in Auburn? I guess he does have uh, game experience outside of Baton Rouge, but he stunk it up terribly against Auburn last year. And you've got Bo Nix, who is Jekyll and Hyde when he's on the road. He is it's daylight and dark to how he performs. So who do you start? They're just, they're in a world of hurt. And as bad as LSU has looked at the first of the year against UCLA. They are questions about are their team is there any some of their teammates do they want to play you know there's a big rumor going around that Stingley Jr. was going to opt out because he's going to be draft eligible this year it's just a cluster at LSU but I, I as bad as it is I think LSU gets them to, Auburn's not won down there since 1999 they've not won in this millennium Tom that's a long time and and you're right I watched every minute of the Auburn game. Uh, I, I was, I was monitoring, I had it on the side, you know, monitoring to, to begin with, as I do all the SEC games, if I'm watching them or if they're available and it kept me enthralled the whole time. (laughs) Auburn, like you mentioned, they didn't take the lead in that game until there was 20 seconds left to go in that game. And that touchdown that they scored was their only offensive touchdown of the day against Georgia State. Their only offensive touchdown. Their other touchdown was a blocked punt. They were getting Mm -hmm. crushed and blocked a punt for a touchdown to even pull it within striking distance. And they they got their lone touchdown with 20 seconds to go after that hugely questionable call. And you're right. It It was still a minute or so to go in the game when they called that completion, but they were like at midfield. That was like a 25-yard completion that got them down there to where they could, and they were having trouble moving the ball. That 25 yards was a huge – I just mentioned they hadn't scored a touchdown on offense all day. 25 yards is is a quarter of the field that they got given to them in a critical part of the game – and it was replayed. Yeah, I was sitting there watching it. It was a no-brainer. The ball was clearly laying on the ground, and, and they gave it to him. And as a matter of fact, not only was it laying on the ground, if I'm not mistaken, they called it incomplete on the field. No, they, they called it complete. Did they and call they, it complete? Yeah, they called it complete because okay. they said the, the – Well, I re- wanted it to be worse than it was. I, I did, too. I do, too. <laughs> I, Tom, I was – you're, you're going to find this hard to believe. I was rooting for Georgia State. You're kidding. <laughs> so yeah, I, it did. It, it held me all the way to the end. But 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 you're right. What I, I guess there's a, a good and bad for Auburn. The good for them is that as bad as they looked against that team, they're only a three and a half point dog at LSU. That's that's interesting. The, one of the bad parts for Auburn is Auburn is the ranked team here. And I don't know if you've noticed this pattern this year. And, and, and it's it's a pattern that's pretty good traditionally every year. But if you have an unranked team that's favored over a ranked team, that unranked team wins a lot. And I believe oh, yeah. it's undefeated so far this year. I think that, uh, West Virginia – who was the team that West Virginia beat that was ranked uh, a couple weeks ago? Uh, uh, Pittsburgh? I don't know. Uh, maybe Couldn't uh, tell you. Yeah, somebody. It, it's worked a couple, two or three times so far this year. Uh, and, and, and that's where we're at this week in that LSU is favored over a ranked Auburn team. Now, both of these teams are 3-1, and one, and in my opinion, they're, they're weak 3-1 and one teams. Both of them have looked pretty – pretty shaky 
and one of them's going to be four and one. Yeah. So whichever one of them comes out, whichever team comes out of this game as the victor, will likely jump into the top fifteen. It's going to be close. So you're going to have a top fifteen team now. If it's if it's LSU, I was looking at LSU's schedule. LSU's next four games. And I don't have it in front of me, but I'm trying to remember. I believe they go to Kentucky, to Ole Miss. They have to play Alabama in that stretch and one other team, maybe A&M or something. So they've got a four-game gauntlet and five games, if you want to count this one, as the start of that gauntlet. Yeah. So the the winner or, or the loser of this game, I should say, is may start a downslide and even the winner too. So, because I don't, I, I really don't put a lot of stock in either of these teams, but it, it will be interesting. Yeah. Auburn, I know their next games are, <laughs> we're so prepared. I don't know where my helmet schedule is. Uh, I know, but Auburn has Georgia coming up. They have Arkansas coming up. That's a revenge game. And all you know, and that's what, but that's what you get when you play your first four games as out of conference. You don't have a breather, and that's what Auburn chose to do. Well, so you're, you're uh, right. Oh, I just pulled it up: LSU, Georgia, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and A and M. Yeah, that might be zero and five. I don't yep. think it will be because it's Auburn. But where, where's the win? Where's the sure win? And that you know what's crazy: the sure, the surest win is A and M. And who would have thought that? You know, uh, uh, six months ago. Yeah, you, you may be right. You may be right. All right, let's let's go over our bets quickly, at least my bets quickly. I wore the collar this week. I went Florida State. I went Tennessee. Both of them lost, and uh, so I'm 0-2, and, and it neither game was really close. At one point, Topher texted. I, like I said, I wasn't watching games, and Topher said something about I got suckered into Florida State as well. I looked, the score is 31-7. to <laughs> <laughs> So, sorry, guys. I'll try to make it up this weekend. <laughs> Well, my first game was a loss, which was Wisconsin, and that and if you look at the score, I think they end up getting beat. Like, let <sighs> let let me interrupt because I've got that written down. I, I know exactly where you're coming from. This is my favorite stat of the week. Wisconsin lost forty-one to thirteen. Yep. Also, Wisconsin had the lead in the fourth quarter. Exactly. <laughs> that's that was the point like, I was fixing. They were winning thirteen impossible. to ten. Yeah. <laughs> And they lost 41 to 13. They gave up a kick return and a punt return, I think is correct. I know they gave up the kickoff return because I was listening to it. The announcer's like, all right, here we go. Wisconsin's finally got the lead. I really think they can settle in right here and play defense. 17 <laughs> 13. Yeah, unbelievable. My, my other game was uh, an outright winner, underdog of the week. North Carolina State went ahead and knocked off Clemson. I thought they were going to give that game away. Clemson oh, yeah. was lucky to get that game into overtime. And uh, I'm, I'm glad NC State pulled it out. But that was that was a 10-point dog that won outright. So I went one and one. Uh, not 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 as bad as an 0 and two, but uh, at least we we kept our our listeners off the schneid. Yeah, I hope you uh, I hope you parlayed them because you know one loss in a parlay you might as well lose three or four in a parlay if you're going to lose one because I didn't help you out. <laughs> so go ahead and give us your top game for this week. Uh, you know, I've gotten three written down, and, and I think I'm going to stick with this as my top game. I think my top game 
even though I've, I've bragged on them last year, I bragged on them this year, I've pumped them up. We've talked about them earlier in this podcast as being a good team. I've got Georgia covering the 18 and a half. I think their defense is that good, and I think this game is going to be something like a 31 to 6 game, something like that. I think yeah. there's just going to be a hard hard thing for Arkansas to move the ball and to put points on the board and I just see Georgia trying to grind it out on them and 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 probably scoring a defensive touchdown or at least setting themselves up for a short field a couple of times I don't think Georgia's going to light it up either but if if they get a couple of short fields and get a couple scores in there it could be even lower in score than that it, it could be a 24 to 6 game uh, which would be very close to the number but I think they do get the number in this one all right. And, hey, you know what the Georgia-Arkansas game is, don't you? It's the big noon kickoff. <laughs> I thought it was a Jefferson Pilot game of the week. <laughs> you know, how, I, I'm sure CBS is like, dang it. You know, we show Bama all the time. We had no idea Arkansas was going to be 4-0. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, on my first game, I'm about to prove a point. Uh, who do you, Notre Dame plays at home versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati started out about a one-and-a-half-point favorite or a half-point favorite. Right, it was right out of pick them. Notre Dame has uh, – or actually, I'm sorry, Notre Dame started out as favorite. His flip to Cincinnati being a favorite. So we're going to go money line. Okay, Tom, who would you like to see win this game this weekend? I would like to see Cincinnati win that okay. game. Okay, then well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Cincinnati on the money line. And that will guarantee – well, hold up, hold up. I've said that wrong. <laughs> I'm going to take Notre Dame on the money line, and that will guarantee that Cincinnati wins because I can't win on Notre Dame. If I bet with them, I lose. If I bet against them, I lose. So I'm taking Notre Dame and on the money line. So Cincinnati betters, congratulations. Who's your third? Who's your second game? This is the one where I'm, I'm toggling back and forth, but I think my second game is simply the under in the Alabama Ole Miss game. 80's too much. Everybody's expecting the big shootout, and it very well may be the big shootout, but I expect our defense to play well. I expect them to play better than people are giving them credit for, and I've been touting them all year, and, and what I've been trying to say we need to keep that number under 16. We're currently at 17.5. We're not going to keep it under 16 this week, I don't think, but I do expect us to play well in, in 80s a lot. That's a last-year game score, and I don't expect last year's results. Yeah, I agree. I've got two written down just in case you stole one of mine. The free pick that does not count for me or against me because last week's free pick was Arkansas, which I should have taken. I've got Vandy 14-and-a-half over UConn. I'm not going to let that one count against me or for me, but that shows you how bad UConn is at Vanderbilt's 14-and-a-half point favorites. That might be a little hint, hint to who I take in the eliminator this week. But I'm going to go with Utah State plus eight and a half. They're at home versus BYU. BYU is looking to go undefeated this year. They're going to blow. They should blow Utah State out. That line should be BYU <laughs> 16 and a half. You we're going blow. reverse. Yeah, we're going reverse psychology here. Utah State plus eight and a half. They're going to be in it late in the fourth quarter with a chance to win. Of course, they'll trip over their lower lip and. And uh, I'd rather say something else, but they'll trip over their lip and not uh, win, but they're going to cover the eight and a half. Nice. I look forward to this parlay. We need to get back on the track. I I don't know if I told you I'm betting every parlay. I'm betting our four teams from now on every week, $25 a week, and hopefully I'll hit one. Because we'll eventually get a 4-0, I I feel like. So 
That wraps us up here. We're right in our sweet spot, Tom, at 54 minutes and 51 seconds of counting. So let me remind you, Tom, if you're going to hate Auburn, you have to hate early and you got to hate often. Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide, guys. Take it easy. Have you seen Junior's grades?